It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast with myself, Nix, and joining me from twinfo.com.au, my amazing co-host, Naomi Dolan. Hello, Naomi. How are you going? I am fantastic, Nikki. It has just been a week upon week upon week of stuff that is just going to go down in the history books. But I have survived. <laughs> the children are alive. Um, my husband, well, my partner and I are kind of talking to each other. So I'm just taking the whole lot of the wins. That's a lot of wins. We, we haven't even talked about wins and losses if we were going to do it this week. But I'll just take that as a whole row, row of wins. Can I get, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just going to put this out there. Mm. I'd like, COVID was kind of okay, but now that life is, it's not back to normal. But, but it's more normal. More normal, but I'm just getting all these extra pressures. And honestly, my relationship with my partner has just been really, I guess, difficult. Mm. Not from, um, not from any kind of point of view of anything's gone wrong or anything like that. I mean, oh goodness, we, you know, we haven't been able to socialise with anyone, so there's no no mm, no yeah, cheating yeah, issues yeah. or no, anything like that. Strange. But it's just been strange. He's back to work full time, so stressed. Life is crazy. My, you know, twin foe has just gone absolutely crazy as well, and we're still trying to parent these kids. One has hit puberty, um, which is a whole nother podcast. Mm. And I don't know, life just in the last three or four weeks has been more difficult than I think life during lockdown for us. Do you know what? I think you're not the only person experiencing this. I said to somebody the other day, I am finding coming out of lockdown harder than I actually found lockdown. And I found lockdown really hard because it was myself and my twin boys at home 24-7 for 14 weeks. We went in early to lockdown. We came out late. We're still basically not back to normal. Um, the kids aren't back at preschool. But again, whole nother story, not really COVID-related, life-related. Yeah. And because for us, COVID meant the opposite. Chris tried to work from home, but being a retail manager, he ended up having to pick up the slack of everybody else's job. So he would come home and do, you know, stock ordering and stuff from here. And then in the end, he had to go and lock himself in his office and isolate basically at work so that he could get stuff done because he cannot work with the boys around, whereas I've got no choice. And then he was, you know, off doing deliveries around the bloody countryside at four o'clock in the morning because he was running on such limited staff. They needed to be in the shop serving and he was picking up like literally every other role. So we just didn't, we haven't seen each other that whole time. But you're right, somehow we coped and now trying to get back into normality. Like, as I said, I cannot get my four-year-olds to preschool. I don't, I don't know, know how but, hard it is. Yes. <laughs> like, seriously. Life is just, for us, life, I don't know, life is just falling apart. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I feel it's, the same. I don't know whether, the, like, it's almost like the stress held us together. Yeah. Even I, though I loved, I loved not having to do the after-school sports. I actually loved not going to school. I, you know, I loved all of that. But now everything is back to semi-normal and um, I don't know, I'm just, 
yeah, we're not coping. Here's my theory, and it's a bit weird. I feel like we weren't actually in lockdown long enough, and I know a lot of people hate me for saying that because they're like, oh, my God, it was such a long time. But we weren't in lockdown long enough for it to make a huge change in our lives, like to the point where we came out and we're almost institutionalised back into our houses kind of thing. Like we, we changed our whole habits. But we were in lockdown long enough that we've kind of realised the toll that everything's taking on us, these chaotic lives, and it's hard to get back into it and it's 10 times more stressful. Plus, we're trying to do everything now, still go back to so-called normal, but social distancing, making sure the kids have their hand sanitizer, making sure they're staying away. Like when you see friends, do you touch them? Do you stay away? Are they social distancing? Are they in your inner circle? It's so hard. Oh, my gosh. It messes with your head. It really does. It, like, just yeah. I took my kids for the first time, and we don't normally want to talk about COVID because we wanted to move on from that. But I have to say, I took my kids for the first time to their other grandparents, Chris's side of the family, for dinner. Now, we've seen them, but we haven't spent time with them since COVID-19. And I was sort of a bit like, well, what do we do? Because I'm still in social distance circles from a lot of people, and I'm like, at what point do you bring them in and then they're in contact with the other grandkids? So is that another circle? And it just – it was. It was just one of those nights where I was sitting there going, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I think that's so stressful as well. Like, you know, when you go into a shop, you know where you're meant to stand. You know what you're meant to do. Some people do it. Some people don't. I'm a stickler for it. I'm ridiculous with COVID. I'm very, very strict. But – I, there are all these blurry lines where you get into these situations. We've got friends coming on the weekend and I said to Chris, I'm already stressed because I know they won't care about it, but I care. And then I don't want to offend them by saying, sorry, I don't want to hug you. Can you sit on the other side of my bonfire? And it's just hard. It's another it element of stress we've added to life and we're all trying to get back to normal, but now we've got this huge weight on our shoulders on how we function in this abnormal COVID world and then suddenly you've got this outbreak in another state and you see how quickly it happens again. Yeah, I agree. So it isn't gone. We're still living it, this world. We are. But do you know what? That's a really great introduction because tonight we're going to talk about bathing our multiples. Just, I don't know where the segue was in that, but I'm going with it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like we're talking about cleaning, you know, we're talking about washing and yes. everything like that, but in tonight it. we're talking about bathing our multiples. We are talking about bathing our multiples and staying nice and squeaky clean, so we're going to do that next. It's Talking Twins, it's talking twins and More with Nix and Naomi, thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. And Naomi, we are talking all things bathing twins and dealing with that whole bath issue. Because, oh my gosh, I don't know about you, but for me, that was a really, uh, I guess, stressful would be the word for it. I didn't know how I was going to manage, particularly on my own, um, being a first-time parent, no idea, A, how to bath a child, (laughs) or B, um, how to manage two of them at once, because... I'm just putting it out there. They're slippery little suckers. I know. And, um, yeah, trying to hang on to them and how do you do it and how often. But, yeah, be interesting um, to hear your side of the story because, as um, our audience know, Nikki and I never, 
know that what's going to come out in these podcasts. <laughs> so this will be an interesting one, I'm sure, because she'll have different things to what I've got. Well, I, do, I must say, I do have a little bit of an entertaining story I have to tell you a little bit later. Um, but I'll be honest, when I when it came to the preparation for having the boys and the whole process, I you know, methodically went through the checklist of things that I had to have when we were coming home and I ticked off the, the box and I got a bath. I got one of those plastic baths that had one of those slings that you could put the boys in. Um, I actually think I got it secondhand from a friend that had only used it a few times and I got one bath. I made the decision not to get two because as if I was going to bath them at the same time. It's probably about the only thing of double I didn't get. But other than that, I kind of put it in the room um, and didn't, have a second thought about the process of bathing twins. I was so absorbed with everything else with my pregnancy, work, life, how crazy my life had suddenly become that I didn't really think about it until we were actually there in special care and I was faced with the process of bathing a kid for the first time and I was like, holy crap, I have not thought about this. How do I do this? That was literally the first time it crossed my mind. And I reckon that I probably was right there with you. Yeah, it's just something you don't think about. You go, yeah, 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 I've got to bath them, whatever. Then they're in NICU and you're lucky if you can even touch them. Then suddenly, you know, they're in special care and they're swaddled and then the nurse looks at you and says, okay, now it's time to learn to bath your baby. And like, yeah, this is going to be fine. And then suddenly you're like, the reality watching it, you're like, oh, crap, this is so much harder than I could have thought about. Like your mind's on breastfeeding. Um, yeah. mine was it, on, you know, everything's pump, learning how to do that. And then suddenly you've got to, as you said, the slippery little suckers and how the hell do you do it? Not once, but with two. And then I was the same as you, that moment in special care where we were going through that wonderful process of your baby's first bath while the other one's quite clearly being looked after by another nurse. And you're thinking, okay, six weeks down the track, Chris has gone back to work. Bloody hell. He's late because he works late hours. How do I do this by myself? How? <laughs> I agree. So I was. So the same thing happened with us. I was like, so we had one nurse looking after one baby. Mm. The other nurse was like, okay, dad, you know, I think we were, I don't know, six or seven days into our journey. Right. Okay. Let's give this one a bath. Um and I was, because at this stage, Oliver was still in NICU, I think. And so we only had Alexis in special care. And I was like, oh. And she said, it's all right, mum. You've just had a cesarean. You just sit there. Let, let, let dad do it. And I thought, okay. And then afterwards, hindsight, that nurse was amazing because Dave and I had never actually bathed a baby. So for her to get Dave to do it first, was brilliant on her behalf because then he could teach me and it wasn't me telling him what to do, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it I've was noticed, him telling me. Yeah, I've noticed that they do that because our nurse did the same thing and Chris was the first person to bath. I think Harry was the first one to have a bath. I can't can't remember. The boys, the boys transition through everything like clockwork together at the same sort of time pretty much. Um, and I was almost a bit jealous I was like, hang on, you know, these are my babies sort of thing, you know, delusional, still tired, exhausted, all those sorts of things. But, yeah, in hindsight, 
I was so glad because it gave him a sense of responsibility and bonding moment. Oh, it was such I was a great so thing. jealous. I know. I was jealous too. And I was like, how come he gets to bath the baby first? You know, I've carried them and all this sort of stuff. But in hindsight, I'm so glad that they do it that way. That's funny. I wonder if it's unwritten law that they, you know, they or must. if it's just. Yeah, that they, they get the dads to do that or the partner or, or whoever. I think they probably because do. It's a good bonding experience. Really, it is a good bonding experience. It's a great learning experience. And honestly, we had no idea mm-hmm. what we were doing. So the fact that one nurse was looking after one baby and the other nurse was standing right beside Dave to say, okay, now let's test the water, let's do this, let's do this, let's put the baby in, okay, put your arm under here, blah, 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 um, was brilliant. Yeah. And I don't think we could have done it without that, to be honest. And how were you when you got home? Did you get yourself into a system or how did you how did you do oh, it? Oh, look, I think we completely did the wrong thing. Um, again, like me, you just said, I ticked off everything off the list. We had this awful plastic bath on a stand. Um, we're lucky enough that we've got um, a, a large enough shower that the whole bath fitted into it. It's not a one over a bathtub so we could just wheel this baby bath in and then to drain it you just pulled the plug out and it just went down the plug hole it's you know it is quite a large shower but in hindsight what a ridiculous contraption yeah i'm trying to work out how that works but anyway yep i i I just yeah i've seen in obviously from running twinfo i've seen um bathing comes up so often bathing these you know two three potentially four babies, um, and I've seen there's so many more great things out there. There's chairs that you can shower them in now. There's um, little tubs that fit into sinks, so they're sitting upright like they're in the womb. Um, there's all these things that I just didn't even know existed. I just bought this God almighty white plastic thing on wheels, I think, from 10 bucks secondhand. Yeah, we were um, the same. Like, ours was blue though, and it didn't have wheels. But other than that, it was the same. It was like one of those Yeah. Ones. It did yeah. have one of those nets in it, though. Oh, we didn't have one of those. Um, I'll tell you this story coming up, but um, I soon went out and bought one of those nets. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm. And that was um, number one on my shopping list after, after our little incident, which I'll fill you in after the break. Mm. But, yeah. Mm, interesting. So when you bought at home, because bought them home and started bathing them at home, because I know when Chris was there, and even to today, to be honest, bath is very much part of our routine. My boys still have their bath. They still bath together. Um, and they love that moment. And for me, that marks that turning point of the end of the day. We're very structured. We're routine driven from dinner onwards. And, you know, it, it was such, it's become such a vital part of our day. Did you get into a routine early and was Bath part of that? We did because I, again, I only since having Twinfo, I didn't realize that people didn't bath their babies every day because they actually don't need it. But I didn't know that. I was a first-time mother and I was like, oh, okay, let's, you know, it's six o'clock. We have to give them a bath kind of thing. So I'm just learning this now because, like I said just a couple of minutes ago, I still bath my kids every night at the same time. So people, so you don't have to bath them every night? No, well, apparently not. Well, I mean, technically they're not dirty. No. I mean, unless you've got, you know, a, a, a real happy chucker. Yeah. Let's face it, you know, they're not getting 
dirty, um, you know, you can just top and tail them with a um, with a, a wet flannel kind of thing. And I'm now just finding out that some people only bath their children technically only once a week, like as in a full immersed dunk the baby in the bath. Um, and then you've got these people. I, there's no, absolutely no way I never showered with my babies. They're, I was so paranoid. They're so slippery and so little. And I, all I could picture was Julia Roberts with that oyster going flying. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, there's no way I would be able to shower them. Did you shower yours? Yeah, we did. I I was more nervous. Chris loved it. He absolutely loved having showers with the boys. Um, still does. Hunter is my sensory kid. So right from the word go, he struggled in the shower. But we kind of didn't really piece two and two together until he was around two when we started really seeing a lot of his sensory issues. And I remember we were away in Fiji and we were sort of – a bit daggy, but anyway, we were having like a family shower because it was this enormous bathroom um, and he just had a full-on meltdown and that's when I was like, oh, this is a bit bigger than just like us pushing him into it and he does have a lot of sensory issues with water in his face. So he won't shower, but um, Harry does. But yeah, when they were little bubs, I enjoyed it, but geez, I'd held on to them for dear life and I didn't soap them. I would not yeah, soak them no, that's, gosh, no. that's where I was way too scared. So if we did take them into the shower, which wasn't that often, um, but if I did, I'd just hold them and just let the water drip down their back sort of thing. I would not put soap on them because same thing, I was terrified they'd just slip out. Yeah, totally. When um, when our twins were nine months old, we hired a camper van and drove around New Zealand and we didn't have – well, in a camper van, you don't have a bathtub. No. And you have this little – tiny minuscule shower that's over the toilet for starters um and so the for the first night or two that we were in this camper van i think um i actually sat we put the toilet seat down and i sat on the toilet with the lid down and held the baby under the shower sort of bad idea, and, actually. <laughs> well, I was just so worried about dropping them. And I was like, oh, okay, hang on. And then, you know, the second or third night we were like, this is really, you know, we have to get in with them every time that they're having a shower. Um, and then we, we just bought a plastic tub, you know, one of those, I don't know, a $3 flexi tub from some cheap shop in New Zealand. And we kind of managed to shove that on the floor underneath the toilet floor area and um, we were able to fill that up because I was just I was too scared to hold them in case I dropped them even at nine months when we were in New Zealand. I think you were pretty brave uh, even trying to take them in a caravan trip let alone I hadn't even thought about the whole bathing issue that's pretty epic. Um, I tell you what though we had a bit of a funny one and don't judge because this might put me in the bad parent category. We had two, in fact, um, when you talk about the size of the baths. And I don't know about you, but I think we didn't really get an idea about how small the boys were when we brought them home until we actually did put them in the bath um, at home. Yeah, you're probably right on that because you think of a, a baby when and when you buy your bath, you're expecting the baby that's going to fit in the bath. But of course, when particularly with when you have premature babies, you know, they come home and they're a lot smaller than you were, I guess, technically expecting. Yeah. And if you've got the situation that we had, and I'm sure you'd be the same, and lots of, of parents of multiples can relate to this, where they're quite um, 
skinny when they're born, like not not so a lot thorny. of it. Yeah, not a lot of that <laughs> subcutaneous tissue on them. Instead of your plump little cheeks, you're sort of drilling with this. Well, we kindly named our boys our little aliens, particularly Harry, who was classified as our failure to thrive. So he was skin and bone. So I remember the first night we got him home and that first bath, and I don't know about you, we, we sort of, you know, bathing him on the kitchen table, as you do. <laughs> don't know why um but Chris decided he's like geez he's a little bugger like that's exactly how he said it geez he's a little bugger I'm like yes and he goes I wonder how big he is and he's got his corona bottle and he sized him up in the bath up against a corona bottle (laughs) corona beer bottle not the (laughs) <laughs> and I've, I've got this photo to this day of Harry, and from his butt to the top of his head was was like the length of a Corona bottle with these gangly, bony limbs hanging out. Poor little. <laughs> That's hilarious. And that was our first bath moment at home. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've never. So I've seen all the pictures of, um, you know, um, I didn't know about this prior to us having, but you know, like. Um, and also we're not married, but, you know, the babies with um, the dad's wedding ring and it's around their arm and all oh, of that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. But I've not seen a baby <laughs> measured against the Corona bottle. Let me just tell you that. I'll have to <laughs> dig up the photo and find it. You know, Harry, yeah. Harry there in all his pride, nothing but limbs, but we, we used to do the um, the wet uh the towel over the the face washer over the belly to keep them. I don't know if it keeps them warm, but that's what I think we believed at the time. Well, I've heard since that that is um, a, a way to stop the whole, uh, I guess, the reflex thing happening because now, and I don't know if this is a thing back, I mean, my babies are nine, my babies, um, my children are nine, they're still my babies, mm-hmm. uh, but they're now teaching you to do a swaddle bath. So in NICU, apparently, they swaddle them and pop them into the water because it helps them feel safe and secure. Oh, really? Like full-on swaddle? Yeah, well, apparently, like just a muslin swaddle kind oh, of wow. thing. Okay, um, now I'd never, I'd never heard of it, but it makes total sense. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, because I, I guess they were in the um, the call in the sack, yeah, even though they were in the water, water. Oh. Um, and it just helps. I don't know. When I, I only just found out about that recently. Again, just um, in the parents of multiples Facebook group. Um, people were talking about it and three or four people said, oh, yeah, no, we did swaddle baths. Yeah. And I thought, what are they talking about? And, um, you know, I went to good old trusty YouTube um, and had a look at it and I thought, ah, oh. but, yeah, not that I'm condoning. I mean, my children are a lot older. Um, yeah. I wouldn't swaddle bath a baby if I had no idea what I was doing. No, but just no. in hindsight, to look back at it and I thought, oh, what a brilliant idea. Yeah, there's obviously different ways of doing things now and it's constantly evolving as well. I think oh, that's the so other hard. thing. That's why it's so hard being a parent. Honestly, mm. things change. Mm. And, I mean, this is the absolute extreme. One moment you're meant to smack them, next minute you're not meant to allowed to oh, smack yeah. them. You know, do you know what I mean? You're, like, you're right, though. It's that continuously changing cycle of what's right and wrong to do and, and oh. learning. And I think, you know, you, if you're going into that newborn stage, you've just got to work out what's right for the current situation. And as you said, it's yeah. fascinating to look back when we are now all in all of these groups and Facebook pages and think, oh, God, that's so different to what we did back in our day or whatever. It's, it's incredible. And I can, can I just tell you, now at nine, I just say, go and have a shower. Oh. And they go and get their own pyjamas. They put their dirty clothes in the dirty washing basket. 
let me tell you, that took a little while to get. I tell you, I'm a stickler for that at four. They have to yeah. put their clothes in the dirty laundry basket already, and they oh, it's a it's a battle. I was going to say a fight, but it's not a fight. It's a it's a battle every night. But I'm trying to set the right precedence. Hey, um, do you want to hear something really funny? Mm. So over lockdown, you know, everyone's baking their sourdough bread and you know making their various bits and pieces. Uh, my well, they were eight then. My eight-year-old twins learnt to hang their towels up on the towel rail and spread them out so they actually dry. So not just like, A, leave them on the floor or B, chuck them over the thing and hope for the best or, you know, put both on the same towel rail. Mine actually hang them over the towel rail, pull them out from each side so they're spread out without a little fold in there so the towel's dry. I actually took a photo of pre and post COVID. Um, I should put it together into a little screenshot and share it because I am so proud of the fact. You and should. now we're, uh, you know, a month later, they're still doing it every night. They hang their towels up properly and they spread them out. There you go. See, there's a I win. Know. A win, a huge That win. is a win. Uh, they are nine, but. <laughs> but. You know what? It's the little things that matter. It really oh. is. It's not the baking the bread. It's the hanging up the towels because that's so much more valuable in the long run. I know. And so I've also taught them when they clean the lounge room, they have to, they have to put the pillows on the couch nicely. Oh, look at you go. So we're, we're, we're going for the finishing touches, I like to say. <laughs> Did you have, um, nice, Did you have any like little hacks that really helped when it came to, um, particularly if you were on your own, bathing your kids? Uh, so for me, um, I, I would actually carry the whole swing or the rocker or whatever they were in at the time into the bathroom. Um, so I could have, I would bath one. And then pop the other one in the swing or the rocker to keep them amused. And then I would take that one out and dry it and everything. I guess for us, our biggest thing that we did is um, I, I actually just, I think it was even from Ikea. They have these sort of inflatable um, plastic change mats. And we had um, an old university um, exam table. That, mm. from, that my mum had given us and we just popped one of those on and we had that in our bathroom. Yeah. So we actually had a um, – I've always had a bad back and, you know, bending and doing things on the floor for me like changing nappies. Yeah, and the same. Yeah. yeah, so for me, um, mum had given us this, you know, old exam table and we had this – I think it was like three bucks from Ikea, this inflatable um, bathing um, change mat. And so we had a change table in the bathroom, which was for us, for me, with my bad back, was absolutely perfect. Yeah, that's a pretty good tip because we had a um, we had like a change table that was on wheels, so we could wheel ah, it into any room. So we would perfect. have a process, and it didn't matter whether Chris was home or it was just me. And we would have we had those um mobile swings as well that were battery powered and they were like when anybody says to me I'm pregnant with multiples what's your one tip that for me personally was the one tip because I dealt with very very colicky babies Um, so to have that constant movement they were worth their weight in gold Um, and we would just have that I would have that system where I would take one out of the swing bath they bring the change mat next to the kitchen table, back at my kitchen table with my bath, <laughs> which was always Perfect. an issue to fill up. But anyway, we got there. Um, 
And then, you know, do the whole process, put back in swing and then start with Twin B. And that was the routine that I got into. And as I said, I I love the fact and I think in hindsight, I probably held on to that routine as much for me as I did the boys. I think it was really important for me to have that structure of knowing it was getting towards the end of the day. And, and early on, that didn't mean a lot because you'd be up all night with feeds. But it was something... It was a change in your day when you got to bath time. I don't know if it's just a psychological thing, but yeah, I really held on to that point and I still do today, that point in the day where it was bath time and and into the next kind of stage of your day. Oh, totally. I'm the same because now, I mean, mine will shower on their own, but I'm always like, okay, shower time, I send them off and you know that like this is going to sound terrible, but the end is nigh. <laughs> you know, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just know you are so close to being able to put them down to bed and actually just being right. able to take a breath yeah. and reset yourself and yeah, deal with obviously the trash kitchen, the trash bathroom, and the trash living room and everything. But you you know that the kids are going to bed and you're going to have five to ten minutes to yourself just to breathe. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, um, I've got a story for you. Okay. Um, mine's not as funny as yours. Well, I actually uh, have another funny story, but I've, I haven't got to that yet, so go. Oh, okay. Do you want to do yours? No, you do yours. Okay. Well, so we got our home. Um, they came home technically, I think it was uh, four or five days before their official due date, so mm-hmm. they were officially classed as preterm babies still mm-hmm. um, and we were bathing them um, so my parents had come up my mum and my stepdad had come up and they were in the living room with Oliver and we were bathing Alexis um, in our bedroom in our ensuite and um, yeah we just splashed a little bit of water over her face and she just went into this almighty startle reflex and she stopped breathing. And we were like, oh, and we were, yep. And then we're like, nope, she's not breathing. She's not breathing. Get her out. Get her out. We ran into our bedroom. You know, when I say oh ran, gosh. all of three or four steps from the ensuite into the bedroom. And put, we had a change table in there because we had our oh. cot in there. And I, honestly, I think it was like, uh, it was our second or third night home with her, uh, with with both of them, and um, she wasn't breathing. And I was like screaming by this stage. Dave, bless him, he's a diver. He's, um, I mean, we did a a baby CPR course before we left the hospital and everything like that. But he was really onto it. Um, her lips were going blue. She was limp. She was floppy. And he just started massaging her chest. He grabbed a towel and he's rubbing her chest, trying to get the friction to go. And all I could think about was, because we'd only done this baby CPR course, like not even a week ago, I knew I needed to go and get help. Mm. So I ran, again, it sounds like a, a huge distance, but it was you know probably six or seven steps. So I ran to the living room and I just yelled to my mum and my stepdad, to ring an ambulance, you know, ring an ambulance. And mm. mum was holding Oliver in her arms and, you know, doing the grandmotherly mm. wave wobble back and forth to keep him settled. And um, this is kind of pre-mobile phone days. I mean, we had mobiles, but 
everyone still had a house phone. Mm. Um, and I ran back in and here's Dave, you know, trying to do little compressions on her chest oh. and rub her chest. She's blue, mm. completely limp. Her lips are really going blue. And um, I suddenly thought I can't hear anything from the lounge room. And I had to make that decision to leave Alexis, okay. who Dave was, you know, trying to almost like doing resuscitation on and run back out and bless them. It was a phone where you had to press the talk button before you dialed triple zero. Oh, no. Neither of them had their glasses on. They didn't, it wasn't a phone that they were used to using. They didn't know where the talk button was. And then in hindsight, I don't even know if they knew my address. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, my God. And so I just had to snatch the phone off them. And they didn't even know why I'd asked them to call an ambulance, for goodness sake. Yeah. They didn't know. They had no idea. Oh. I'd just come out screaming to call an ambulance. And to their credit, they'd turn around to the phone and, you know, they're trying to work out yeah. how to use it. Oh, gosh. Um, and I went back and I suddenly realised that there was no – noise coming from there and I, so I ran back out, grabbed the phone off them, ran back in and, you know, and here I am talking to Triple O and I tell you what, that ambulance will come pretty quick when you tell them it's a preterm premature baby. Yeah, oh my goodness. Um, and my stepfather too, you know, he ran out with a torch and he was standing on the road waving it to get the ambulance and, um, yeah, and so again, what we learned that night is they'll only take one baby. What do you mean they'll only take one well, baby? Well, Oliver couldn't come in the ambulance. Oh, my thank, oh, Yeah, well, thank goodness Dave was home. And he could follow you. Um, well, thank goodness my parents were home. Um, so Oliver stayed with them. And I just remember I, I had got strapped into the um, stretcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was holding Alexis, who they by this time was breathing. The I was ambulance about to had, say, where was yeah, she? Yeah, yeah. Oh but my gosh! She's uh, okay is, and she survived, but wow! This is all just coming back to me. I honestly think that I've probably packaged this up in some yeah. little thing in the back of my mind, oh. and now just talking about it, I'm just yeah, I'm reliving all the moments. And we got loaded into the ambulance, and I suddenly just yelled out the out the door, "There's breast milk in the freezer! <laughs> just feed him." Bless. Um. And then I, they were just about to shut the doors and I said, hang on. And then I had to yell to Dave, get the capsule because Dave wasn't allowed an ambulance. He had to follow behind in the car. Oh. And, of course, we need a capsule to get Alexis home. I had no idea. But at the last minute, I just yelled out. And so he ran back inside. And bless him, I had no idea. I must ask him. He had to follow behind the ambulance with Alexis and I in it, not knowing what was going on. Oh, my God, that would have been so stressful. Yeah, so um, that was our big thing. Basically, oh don't God. try and drown your child the night you, and so that day was after you all, bring them home. That was all from a splash of water on her face. Uh, just a splash of water on her face. And it was just But we shock. didn't have, yeah, it was, oh. uh, so it was a startle reflex. And it was only when you said, before you had um, a fabric sling. Yeah, yeah. We didn't have that. So we were holding her. Oh. Um, we went and bought one of those two days later when we, you know, when all we were all home and everything. And yeah, we didn't bath them the next day. <laughs> I, I was actually just going to say, first of all, how long were you in hospital? Like, obviously, she was re she recovered relatively quickly. 
Yeah, no, so she was completely fine. Um, wow. And we didn't even, technically we weren't even admitted. So we went in obviously through emergency with the ambulance and we were just in their resus ward for a while and then they, I don't know now, I think they just sent us home. Wow. Uh, with obviously, yeah, I don't think we've well, asked guess, them for a couple yeah, of days. Once, yeah, because that's what I was going to say. Then moving forward when you're saying this is kind of bringing up emotion, I, what was it like for you then trying to bath her the next time? You must have been scared. I don't think I did it. Yeah. Um, I, I guess Dave's a lot braver than me and things like that. Yeah. Um, I suspect I, – oh, look, I don't even remember, honestly. It would have taken such, you a while, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, really, I, I, haven't, I, I haven't really thought about what I'm just talking about now. I really do think I've compartmentalised that and just popped it away. Isn't that interesting? Um, well, a lot of post-traumatic stress involved with it. I mean, you had a near-death experience with your baby. Literally, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and technically, it was our fault. Well, Which yeah, I, I can see even, how you think that. Yeah, I mean, no one would have known, but yeah, what an incredible. I mean, I never would have thought that a splash. You know, one would never have thought that that would happen. Like, again. so she did a couple other times as well with things. Um, I, she fell off something once, yeah. and the shock of hitting, and she just stopped. Breathing. You know, she cried, and then she just stopped breathing. Oh god. Um, but I didn't. Uh, yeah, terrifying. I, yeah, but you don't. I don't know these. These preterm babies, they do things they do. to you that, mm. oh, yeah. you just don't think, you you know, as you said before, you know, you, you, you think you're going to bring home this fat, squishy baby, this mm. chubby, squishy oh. yeah. Yeah. baby, yeah. and then you've got this thing that's barely skin and bones and not an ounce of fat on them, mm. yeah. and you splash a tiny bit of water on their face and they stop breathing. Mm. I, I remember... um. When we put the boys in the car seats to go home, particularly Harry, who was ridiculous, it was one point two kilos, I think, or something about that, and um, and I I remember just saying to Chris and literally looking at him and saying, "Is this legal?" Yeah. Is this legal? Because he was who was wasn't one point two, it was one point five. He was. To me, he was just so tiny and this was after, I don't know, whatever it was, three, four weeks we were at after, you know, NICU and special care and everything else and, you know, he was feeding and all that sort of bizzo. But there was a part of me that I was desperate to go home and I pushed so hard to get us to the point where the boys were feeding well enough and they were happy and the minute I put him in that car seat and that car seat drowned him, we had to wedge him in, I looked at him and I was absolutely terrified because he oh, was just bless. so bloody tiny. And all I could think was, same thing. And when we went to bath them, you know, they don't they fit in half the bath. And you're thinking, you know, is it legal to have a child this small home sort of thing, which it is. Yeah. But it's something you're never prepared for. And, I mean, we used our baby bath for probably so much longer than, you know, anybody who had a full-term baby because the boys were just so little. Yeah. Not that you know it yeah. now. <laughs> Monsters. No, but it's at incredible. The time, but at yeah. the time, yeah. And as you said, it's the most terrifying experience holding this tiny little thing in the water. And it really um, was the one thing that when we started, you know, I didn't prepare myself for. And I wish I had because it is a whole different experiencing 
birthing a baby that is, as you said, skin and bone. It's quite confronting actually because they're stripped down to nothing and you, they're cold and they're vulnerable and you're worried you're going to get the bath temperature wrong or right. We actually end up with these sensory things that would turn different colours to tell me whether the bath was too hot because that was my fear. Um, but yeah. you know, And you don't realise these fears. I mean, obviously yours was generated from an incident, but you have these anxieties and fears that you never predicted you'd have related to bathing your kids. No. And I'll tell you the other thing that was our um, – yeah, we, we, we pretty much um, – I, I was bathing one of the children and then I was like, oh, you know, I think it was Oliver at this stage. And I was like, oh, he's awfully red. When I realised the water was way too hot. Mm. I was cooking the poor little thing. Oh. So our purchase the following day was this duck bath thermometer, yeah. which just floated around in the water, but it, it told you exactly how warm it was. Um, and again, that was another lifesaver for us. I think, I think being first-time parents, mm. we genuinely had no idea what we were doing. Yeah, we were um, exactly and so, the same. Yeah, there's all these gizmos out there that people say, oh, you know, that's just a, you know, oh, they're preying on people that have babies. But well, yeah, well, you know, but if they're going to help you, yeah, are they that bad? Well, <laughs> I'm more than happy to pay. You know my twenty four ninety five for my duck bath yeah. thermometer yeah. to know that I'm bathing my children at the right temperature. Yeah, exactly. And as you said, there is nothing worse than that fear. And and to us, you know, you put your elbow in, but I mean, I'm a cold frog, so something can feel has to be boiling for me to really react to it. Um, Absolutely. You, know, you don't know, and you don't know how sensitive they are. And then again, they've got no subcutaneous tissue; they've got no fat on them at all. They're literally no, skin nothing. and bone. So their resistance is lower than a baby that's, you know, a, you know, a plumper, fuller, you know, eight pound, eight and a half pound baby yeah. or ten pound by the time they get home or whatever. Um, but, yeah, they're all so different. But I must admit the one take-home message for me with bathing was just how incredibly challenging it was, how overwhelming, how scary it was, um, you know, valuable because I needed it as that break. But, yeah, it just I was so unprepared for that. Uh, and yeah. particularly when you're doing it on your own. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's, that was difficult. Mm. Really mm. difficult. So, yeah. I'd love um, to we'd hear love how to other know. People, yeah. yeah. You go. <laughs> no, I was just going to say exactly what you were saying. I'd love to hear how other families mm. dealt with this. Mm. Um, head to our Facebook page, Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast. And, um, you know, how did you manage bath time? Did you shower? Did you bath? Did you bath? Because things I've heard is that people will bath one baby one night, one baby the other night. Oh, that didn't even one. cross my <laughs> mind. What a great idea. <laughs> All these yeah. things we're learning now. I could do it again I know. now. <laughs> Oh. I know. Yeah, yeah. Let's have another set of twins, eh? Um. Uh, yeah, all up there. <laughs> uh, but even any gizmos, like what did work for you? What was your yeah. magical trick? You know, what what helped you, what didn't? Because I'm sure everybody's willing to learn when it comes to bath time. Do you shower them? Do you bath them? Do you have a shower chair? What kind of bath? I mean, I've heard people are using those, um, the laundry sink because it's deep enough but it's only a small amount that you can just hang on to them kind of thing a bit more easily and have deeper water. And, I mean, in today's day and age, you need to be a little bit water conscious. You can't exactly go and fill up your, your huge bathtub um, just to, to dunk them in. Um, so, yeah, head I, to our Facebook page and let us know. Actually, on, on that note, and I'll leave you with this one, um, seeing you mentioned the laundry sink, not so much the laundry sink, but... Um, there was one time, and I think uh, it was Hunter. He was about ooh, 
just on two months, maybe two and a half months old, and we were at my dad's house, and his bath is enormous, and you can't get around it. We didn't have the baby bath because we were unprepared or whatever, and we thought, we'll just give him a bath in the kitchen sink. <laughs> and then Chris looks at me, he's getting in bath, and he's there, he's propped up with, you know, the tap over his head, all elegance, and he goes to me, should we dry him in the drying rack? I'm like, what? I said, he's a kid. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, it would make a very funny photo. So I <laughs> kid you not, we put our kid in the dish drying rack for about two seconds to take a photo, as you do in the world of Instagram. He absolutely lost it. This poor kid, it's all out there. The legs, the arms going. He was perfectly safe, but terrible, terrible parenting. <laughs> we put our kid in a dish drying rack. That is hilarious. I hope you, you'll have to find that photo as well. I'll find that one as well. So there you go. I, don't rec- I don't recommend that you do that one, though. Okay? I really don't. I'll find the photos and we'll share them on Facebook. We've got to get out of here. We do indeed. It's Talking Twins and More, a multiple boss podcast, and we'll be back next week. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and nickyainley.com.